name is Rotendo Nyamuda and welcome to another phenomenal, exciting, you're a noun, a verb, an icon, a leader episode of In My Twenties. In My Twenties. So today's episode, how do I describe the mood? It's very much, um, I am not my hair, I am not the skin. I am but the soul that lives within I whip my hair back and forth I whip my hair back and forth So it's that kind of like a vibe kind of a thing Kind of a vibe if you know what I mean Um, And so today's guest is going to be chatting about that relationship That emotional relationship and journey That all of us women go through That we have with our hair So without further delay Here she is Hi, my name is Megan. Um, uh, who am I? I think that's like the scariest question for millennials because who are we? Um, I'm a photographer, I'm a videographer, I'm a director, producer, all-round media creative person. Now, in every episode of the In My Twenties podcast, my guests always unknowingly, harmonically, systematically lay down these incredible mind moments or gem moments. And this is just one of them. In the colored community, there's definitely, I want to say unspoken, but it's really not that unspoken. People are quite vocal about it. There is a hair hierarchy, you know, like the straighter, the greater. Mm. The In My Twenties podcast is split up into three sections. In the first section, we get to hear a little bit more about Megan's career journey. In the second section, we dive into today's topic, which is all about hair. And it's titled, They Said Straight Was Beautiful. And then rounding up all three sections is an honest conversation about being a 20-something-year-old in today's society. So get those combs ready and a notebook and pen because we're going to take you on a beautiful hair journey. So Megan, tell us a little bit about your career journey. What did you study at Varsity? Where did you go to Varsity? And how has your career built to where you are right now? Um, so I studied journalism at Stellenbosch University. They don't have an undergrad program, so I did the postgrad program. I did my undergrad in history and politics mm-hmm. and then did journalism. I've always been intrigued by storytelling. Mm-hmm. So that's how I went into journalism. And also like this being a voice for the voiceless, yes. you know, um, kind of thing, which is also why I really enjoy um, documentary. And then I... Post varsity, I ended up at Expresso, which is mm-hmm. where I met you. Yay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not for very long, though, because then I went to do an internship abroad. Mm-hmm. While I was away, someone contacted me to work on a local series. Um, and then I came back and it, then did that. Um, so I, yes, yeah, so the beginning of 2016. <coughs> mm-hmm. I moved over into the NPO sector, obviously still with the being a voice for the voices theme. I've always been, I've always wanted to represent marginalized communities in some other way. So I think that is why it was okay for me to go into the NPO sector. Then fast forward to 2018, this year, the beginning of this year, I was still at the NPO. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that I wanted to become more active um, or kind of, you know, dust off my production mm-hmm. tools. Um, so I started doing documentaries again, mm-hmm. um, started doing more photography. I've always, yeah, I think photography happened 
in 2014, I want to say, during mm-hmm. my journalism year, I was mm-hmm. really intrigued by photojournalism. Um, and then that just kind of sparked you mm-hmm. know, photography. Mm-hmm. And in Cape Town, if you want to do photography, I think at least, like, well, actually in the industry, you've, you have to sometimes do things you don't necessarily like. Like, I never thought that I'd ever end up doing lifestyle. I was always like, oh, I'm just going to do the documentary stuff. But yes. lifestyle plays, let's be real. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I needed money, I needed equipment, I yes. needed things. So I started doing lifestyle. Mm. And I still do lifestyle. <laughs> lifestyle kind of happened to me. Um, but I think one day when I have many monies and all those cool things, mm-hmm. I'll definitely do like... Bring on the coins. Yes, I'll yeah. definitely do like a travel documentary, even if it's like a photo essay or an actual documentary yeah. it's definitely there somewhere amazing along. yeah amazing and as a creative as a, someone who's in production videography photography like who are the people that you look up to i really enjoy lee jeffries he does like these yeah. homeless documentaries oh. i don't like he's a photographer porn. as well he, like, is, he has yeah. i've seen his yes. instagram yes. is yes. amazing exactly and exactly. it's very like raw yeah 100 yes. in your face yes. raw. this is it um and like yeah like i said i don't like poverty porn so i don't like you know like people shooting i don't know the poor kids in africa with mm. like snotty noses and the big bellies like yes. i think when and also what he tries to do is through his exhibitions he tries mm-hmm. to help these people so it's more about like bringing awareness yeah and creating conversation yes. around homeless people and yeah. not stripping their dignity um in the process so yeah i think that's an important part of like shooting yeah. documentary is your intention mm. like when these foreigners are shooting the little kids in Africa with a snotty nose, what are they, what are they hoping to achieve? Mm. Um, is it just poverty porn? Like, what what's their intention? Mm. So I think, like, his intention is obviously to help these people mm. and not to strip their dignity, most importantly. Yeah. Um, so that's why I really like his work. And it's raw and it's real and it, it is what it is. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, Very interesting, mm. love. So I've heard of food porn, mm. book porn... <laughs> Porn, porn. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't heard of poverty porn. You haven't, no, girl. It is a thing. Like, yeah, like you know, you know those pictures that are usually on like the front cover of some international mm. NGO. Yes, um, yeah. But I, I feel like really it, it strips those kids' dignity. It mm. looks like they don't have parents that look after them or whatever. Like I don't know. It, I feel like. Poverty in general is such a complex issue. You can't just go out there, take a picture of a kid with a snot nose and think you're going to make a statement with it, Mm. you know? Um, So interestingly enough, the one journey that every woman goes on in their life is this hair journey. So tell me a little bit about your hair story and your hair journey. Okay, so obviously I have a fro, yes. Yes. Um... (laughs) I stopped using chemicals in mm. 2015, okay. then embraced the fro in 2016, mm. just because it just didn't feel like me. And I was on this self-accepting, introspective mm. journey, mm-hmm. um, and it's just something that I wanted to do. So that's how and when the fro started. Mm-hmm. But because like your hair is such a, a visible, physical appearance, it's about a lot more than just embracing your hair. Okay. It's about embracing, like, authentically who you are. It's about caring less about what people think yeah. or say. Yeah. Even when those people are people in your community, people mm. in your family. Mm. Um, especially, like, in the colored community, there's definitely... 
I want to say unspoken, but it's really not that unspoken. People are quite vocal about it. There is a hair hierarchy, you know, like the straighter, the greater. Mm. Um, and even like when in high school, when you are pursuing a crush or whatever, yeah. like, you know mm-hmm. that if you want to be seen by them, your hair needs to be super straight or super oh, wow. long yeah. or, you know. Mm. Um, or otherwise the girl with the long straight hair is going to get him, you yes, know? yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's always that hierarchy. Also, like, our grandparents will make fun, like, say, for example, um, you bring home someone, a guy, who doesn't have the best hair. Then mm. they'll, like, joke and say, ooh, but, you know, you must think about your grandkids. Yes, <laughs> yes. And you're like, girl, <laughs> they ain't I, even about that. I'm just trying to fall in love <laughs> exactly. here, okay? <laughs> But interestingly enough, it is, as you've mentioned, you know, the straighter, the greater. Um, growing up, we relaxed our hair. Yeah. Relaxing your hair was a thing. Yeah, 100%. You'd go to the hair salon, have your hair relaxed, you'd sit there, sometimes burn your scalp, sometimes you cry, it's burning, and you're like, you call the lady doing your hair, it's exactly. burning, and then they go put you under the cold yeah. water, comb it and on, and you're like, like, how bad's it burning? Like, and you're like, girl, it's burning, though, like. But on a scale from, like, zero to a hundred, you're like, as I said, it's burning, I don't want my scalp to be burnt, okay? Um, and that's what it was, like, growing growing yeah. up as a young girl, 100%. and you'd go to school, and sometimes you'd braid your hair, obviously, as a black girl, mm-hmm. it's easier to have your hair braided, especially for your parents, mm-hmm. doing your hair every morning, doing black hair is... A mission. (laughs) It's beautiful when you understand how to to dance and communicate and have an emotional, beautiful journey with your hair. But getting there is tough. Um, But tell me a little bit, like take me back to like your childhood and the Mm -hmm. days of growing up. What was your hair like then, and what Mm. is hair? What did hair mean to you then? Mm -hmm. I think growing up, um, obviously, I never like. I don't. I think my mom started using chemicals on our hair when we were quite young, so Mm. I don't remember my natural texture. Mm. Um, I just always knew that, you know, Sundays you must blow dry your hair, you must roll it in, you must wash it for school the next day. Like that's, that's like all Saturdays you must sit in the hairdresser for many hours mm. and blow dry your hair. Every couple of months you must go to the hairdresser and go burn your scalp, mm. essentially. <laughs> um, so that's just, it was, it was what, it's all, it was all I knew. Mm. So I think when I started my natural hair journey, I realized that that isn't all there is. Yes. There are, like, you can be natural. You, mm. There are other options. I never knew, not, I want to say I never knew there were other options, but I wasn't accustomed to other options mm-hmm. or to the other options before yes. embracing my natural hair. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so growing up, and my, yeah, my mom even braided our hair. It's not like we didn't have uh, hair diversity, I want to say. Like, we could do whatever we want with it, except... Let it be all. Yes. <laughs> you can do anything. You yes. can dye it. Just don't let it down. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and I don't even think like that's our parents' fault. I think mm. that's that's what they grew up with. That's yes. what they. So they just it's generational hair. Yeah. Ideals mm-hmm. um, that obviously come from Europe and whiteness and. Um, and I'm not shining it or anything, but I mean that it is what it is. Yes, like yeah. in the models in the magazine, they always have nice long hair. Nice straight. Like, exactly. Yeah. Only like now, 2017, 2018, you'll start seeing fros in the front cover, and you're yes. like, yes, girl, do yeah, the thing. Yeah, be natural. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So I think that's just that's what we saw. That would be that's what we perceived as the ideal. But yeah. also, like I, I went to school just post apartheid, so like, and we had like you know 
uh, PE and all those things. Hey, Coral, there was a mission like oh, wow. swimming and then realizing that you're the only one who has curly hair all of a sudden after swimming. Yes. Like, I was like, is there something Shrinkage, wrong with me? Curly, exactly. It bounces back. Exactly. It's like, it's like water, exactly. water on anything makes it go back exactly. to its natural state. Exactly. You know? I was stressed. Eh? I was mm. like, yo, like on, on PE, PT days, PE, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I knew today I'm going home. My hair's gonna. <laughs> you, look, you, you look at the this. water in a different way before you dive in. You're like, uh, um, so that was you as a young girl. Yes. And how did that progress or start feeding into your adulthood? So now you're, you've finished high school. Now you're going into a different season and phase of your life mm. where you are either at varsity or you're starting to work. What was the next phase of your journey? And interestingly enough, if you can add in. Um, because I think sometimes your hair is tied to the season that you're in in your life. So it changes with you. Your hair changes as you're changing. Mm. Now you're young, wild, and free. Mm-hmm. For, for me, that was it. When I had my afro, and every time I have my afro out, you must know that exactly. like, I'm feeling myself. I'm like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> but, so tell me about that transition. Mm. I think um, I think my natural hair journey obviously started with a journey of self-acceptance. Mm. of introspection of who am I mm. who do I want to be to the world who what part of myself do I want the world to see mm-hmm. um so I think like I said it was just post varsity and I actually I saw one of my baby pictures and I saw that I had a fro and I was like oh like awesome well, I'm like and then like oh, wow. you know and she was like yeah no before you like see this is what it I was like girl I actually like it like you know I, I want that say. back you've been lying to me my whole life has been a lie <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like I'm gonna try and get my natural hair back also like hmm. relaxing is expensive going yeah. to the hairdresser every weekend is expensive yes um, not that your natural hair journey isn't expensive but I think there's a level of authenticity mm. that I'm willing to spend on yes um, so I was like, if this is me, if this is my hair, like, then I need to spend a little more to be who I really mm. am, authentically mm. me. I think there was also more people around me that had, that had started embracing their natural hair. Not as many as they are now, because it's like a trend and whatever, and people yes. want to like have curly perms just so that they can have curly hair. But I think, um, <laughs> I think seeing it and seeing how other people embraced who they really were was yeah. also an inspiration mm. to me. Um, mm. So then I was just like, I'm doing let me, this. yeah, let me do it. Mm. Um, and in the beginning, like I got comments, like, especially like the beginning of your transition phase is very funny. Cause your hair is literally like two different strands. Yes. Um, so it wasn't doing the things, you know, and people would be like, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay? Yeah. Like, like, are you going through something? Exactly. <laughs> or like, I look like Ryan, Ryan Ritchie on the, yeah. the um, Front cover of, <laughs> of Hello or something, <laughs> which is funny because it was true. Yeah, um, it was true. <laughs> it's funny, but it's true. Yeah. Um, and there was also like your transition is also something that you have to be okay with. Like you need mm-hmm. to know that even though I'm going through this now. I think it's like this when going through any kind of journey. Yeah, is that the middle phase is always the hardest, mm-hmm. you know? But wow. once you are, you have completed that journey. And you look back, you realize you had to go through the transition to get to where you were. Mm. So I think that's true for any and every journey that you go through in your 20s. The middle's a mess. It's always a mess, a hot mess. Um, But when you get out of it, you are the best version of yourself. Mm. That is so beautiful. (laughs) And even as you're describing that transition, 
mind moment is it is it literally is like that hair transition moment for you where you're saying your hair was half in its natural state which was beautiful for you and half in what it was which was based on society idealistic this is who you should be version um like I can visually see that and I can visually feel that it's like when you are growing and you are transitioning basically it was a physical representation mm. of what you were going through in your 100%. life 100% right 100% mm. yeah. and where were you in your life then in your life state while you were like physically you could see the transition mm. but what was happening in your mm. life at the time so I think yes so I think I was going through a career transition I was going through a hair transition I was going through a personal transition mm. um in that I was realizing how institutionalized we are or we can become. So, like, my perceptions of beauty was always fed by the media. Mm. It was fed by what society thinks is right and wrong. Like I said, straighter, greater. Um, I was fed that... Um, if you have an afro, your hair is like kudus, as we'd call it, like in the colored community. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fed that even in the working world, in a corporate world, which I wasn't luckily really in, mm-hmm. um, in order to look, in inverted commas, presentable, yeah. your hair should be straight. Mm-hmm. You can't come to work with a fro. What is this? You look a mess. It's associated with, you know, yeah. being untidy. Whereas that's not the case. Mm. Um, And also I think I was realizing that you, the only person who can tell you who you are is you. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to let my appearance and who I am, who I truly, truly am, be dictated by society Mm -hmm. or by institutions Mm. Or, you know, so I think that was the the inner transition, Mm -hmm. even in a career space. Even my career, I'm not going to let society tell me who and what I should be, Mm. um, who and what I should want to be. um, Even in my hair journey, I'm not going to let magazines tell me who and what I should be. Mm. Even in my personal life, I'm not going to let, you know, essentially emotional abusers Mm. from your community and from your past tell you how... what you should look like. Yeah. So I think that's the transition that I was going through mm. um, in all aspects yeah. of my life. Yeah. Okay. That was subconsciously my epiphany, mm. like just the start of something new, the start of being who you are, the start of realizing who mm. you are. And I mean, you only do that in your 20s um, when you kind of detach yourself from societal norms or, like I said, mm. like institutionalized yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. That's Thoughts so beautiful and, mm. because even though even though, even the fact that you said like just before you went you were like I need to look great when mm. I go overseas. I need to relax mm. my hair. I need to do this. I need to be a certain way. And I think sometimes more and more now in our social media mm-hmm. hyped generation that's what we do. Yes. We now don't leave the house unless we have some sort of makeup on. We now don't go to an event exactly. without because we know that Pictures are going to be taken. Yeah. Um, like, we live this exhibitionist life where we only let the world see the best version of ourselves. Like, mm. you know, when you're choosing pictures for an exhibition, it's always that one image that yes. you know everyone's going to like, the one image that is the best or 100%. that you think other people will like. Mm. Um, 
So I think we love this exhibitionist life, whereas we should just, oh, I, why aren't just giving people the whole photo album? You yes, know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's essentially who we Take are. Take me on your exactly. journey. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's the problem with, with living that exhibitionist life, is everybody thinks that you are fine. Um, as a friend of mine likes to say, uh, you're going but glowing. Exactly. So, so you're here. You're yeah, here with your smile. Actually, Someone's like, hey, how are you doing? Oh, my God, no, I'm great. Life is amazing. Yay. You know, it's Wow, if I were to even start telling you how great my life is, like we would be here forever. So I'm not going to. But inside, you are like struggling mm. and, and it's deep and it's, and it's intense. And stop, you don't have to walk around with this facade, with a smile on your face 24-7. You don't have to straighten your hair exactly. or relax your hair 24-7. You don't have to have the latest and the greatest because you're going to feel... Um, you know, like you don't belong if you don't. Like, mm. stop living other people's mm. lives. Exactly. Stop running other people's lanes because you also don't know mm-hmm. what they're doing mm-hmm. to run in that lane. And mm-hmm. you're trying to run in a lane that is not meant for you. 100%. Own race, own wall. pace. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And I think, um, having mentioned that now, like your own race, own pace, just because I have been on this journey doesn't necessarily mean that I'm, that like somebody who's not who is still relaxing their hair is mm. is wrong or they should be, like, shun or whatever. Like, they're on their own journey. Yes, yeah. Um, it's not my job or any other natural person's job to make them feel bad for yes. their own decisions because we each are on our own journeys. And if they eventually stop relaxing their hair, yay, great. They'll mm. reap the ben- benefits and see what it does to you. But if not, and that's who they want to be, then that's who they are. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, we all... We are who we are. Mm. Yeah. We're, all We're entitled to be what, that. Yeah. Exactly. Whoever and that's what are. makes it beautiful. Like for me, even as I mentioned earlier, like different hair journeys, different hair moments. I've got braids and mm. they're blonde and mm. brown. And <laughs> then I'm going to, I mean, after tomorrow, I'm going to be back to my natural yeah. hair for a good chunk of time. Mm. And then I don't know, maybe I'll weave. Maybe I mm. feel like being a weave exactly. girl. You know, and that's girl. okay. And that's okay. That's your journey. That's my journey. Exactly. And that's how I feel. And then like, how does that check up my vibe? And, and and some people have the most incredible weaves that I've seen. You're like a hundreds of like mm-hmm, a thousand percent mm-hmm. Peruvian yes. or whatever <laughs> you're choosing. And then some people don't like I won't lie, I struggle with the concept of playing paying like two grand for a an weave, incredible yeah. weave. So I'll spend significantly mm. less. But then again you can see it. Yes. <laughs> so maybe I should just save up for that. But again it's that hair journey that you go on and it's and it's beautiful exactly. and we should be able to embrace yes. like I love your hair. Like, I'm not going to lie. And I know sometimes we shun white people when they say, can I touch your hair? And we like all the Girl, things. Oh, like, oh my gosh. But I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm black and you're colored. And I'm like, can I touch your hair? If you know what I mean? Because I'm just like, it looks incredible. Yeah. But also looking at other people's hair and comparing, because I love Tracy Ellis Ross, for example. Mm. And I'm like, oh, even boy, me. I want that kind She's of amazing. hair. amazing. Exactly. But our hair textures I'm not the same. Exactly. So I need to find someone with my equivalent hair and just go like, look, I do, but I honestly do love my hair Mm. and I love my natural effort Mm. in the essence Mm. of it. I think it's so cool. Um, But yes, it is that hair journey and learning to love yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So now where are you? Where are you in your life right now? So you've gone through the season Mm. where you are now, like your hair right now is completely natural. Mm. And... So how does that mirror what's happening into your life mm. or does it at all? I think it does actually. I think um my most authentic self at the moment like and it's taken me a lot to be it's taken me a lot of like self-awareness mm. um to be 
fully who I am mm. and where I am. Even though it's the end of my transition, mm. it's only the beginning of my self-love, self-worth, self-acceptance journey. Um, and only now am I fully and authentically me. Not only physically, I think, but I'm more self-aware. I'm aware of the emotions that I go through and why I go through it. Um, and I think that, yeah, the end of my transition has brought about even more of the acceptance of, you know, who I am and where I want to be. Um, even though at the moment, I must admit, like, career-wise, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing everything and anything. Yeah. Um, but I still think that maybe that's me. Mm. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm... A Jill of all trades. Mm. Um, I love that. Jill yes. of all trades. Come through. Come through. <laughs> so maybe that's that's who I should be, mm. you know. Um, so just acknowledging who you are and becoming okay with that. That's the most important part of this journey. So, Megan, mm. we have all been on a 20s journey. Some of us are still going through the 20s journey some people are in their 30s, but they still finesse and act like they're in their 20s. Other people have just started their 20s journey. Um, you're more on the end of your 20s mm. journey side. Um, Don't remind coming, me. Coming in at 27. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tell me, what has your 20s journey been for you from early 20s to mid 20s to now in your late 30s? I think uh, late 20s. Oh God, <laughs> that's that's that might be old. I think my 20s has been one hell of a roller coaster, actually. Um, like in retrospect now, thinking about it, um, it's been. I think a journey of self-awareness, a journey of figuring out what I want to be career-wise. Like I said, I'm not like, I study journalism, but I'm not a traditional journalist. Mm. Um, also, oh, the age of social media, where there's this, like I said, there's this exhibitionist, you know, lifestyle. You just see the best of everyone on social media and you think that's their life, but it's definitely not. Mm. And, you know, we, we... As millennials, we tend to compare ourselves to, not to what they're really going through, but to those exhibitionist mm. pictures and that lifestyle. Um, so I think I've had a tough time with that, like just realizing that my race is my own, it's my own pace, this is, you know, this is my own journey. Yeah. Um, and I'm comparing it to everyone else's successes. Um, and I mean, luckily I have like strong women around me. You know, all of our, our social circles are quite, you know, there's always mm. strong, inspirational women. Um, and I think I've had to come to terms with that. Your journeys are not my journeys. My yeah. journey is not your journey. Um, just because I'm not here or just because you're not here and I'm there, whatever, whichever level you're at. Um, just that's where you're meant to be. That's where you are. Yeah. Don't compare it to anyone else. Yeah. And um, as long as you are a better version of yourself today than of what you were yesterday, mm. you were And then, did you ever, mm. or have you ever gone through the quarter life crisis? Yes, hundred percent. Sure. <laughs> I love like, you say that. <laughs> yes, of course. Like, I feel like I'm still in the quarter life crisis. Like, okay. 
um, I'm not supposed to be 25, but... You, well, but plus like, minus. Exactly. It's, it's, you know, I'm yeah. like 25, 26, 27. I'm mm. still going through the quarter-life crisis, I think. Mm. Um, just like that, who am I, identity crisis, you yeah. know. Um, what boxes do I fit into? Yeah. But like I said, there's been a journey, and I've come to realize that there is no box. Like, screw the boxes. We are not just one thing. Mm. Um, I think that's been a huge part of my my quarter life crisis also acknowledging um i don't want to say like i don't think identity can always be singular like there are parts of yourself that there are little parts of yourself that make up who you are Mm. so i identify with being obviously i identify as a female Mm. on that scale um i identify as oh I'm so scared to say because you see identity shouldn't be one you should be free and able to be many things yes yeah many whoever you want to be yeah um even when it comes to religion even when it comes to race even when it comes to you know so I think um my quarter life crisis has been about acknowledging that I'm not just one thing I don't just fit into one box Mm. In all aspects of my life. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think, like, even 27, like, now, like, there is this perception in society that as you reach 30, you know, you need to be dating, you need to be... <laughs> you need to have girl. a bae. Exactly. And I'm not about that bae life right now. Yeah. And even um, career-wise, like, you should be... I don't know, you should have one job that's, mm. you know... You should be almost buying your first house. Exactly, exactly. So I really had a tough time when I turned 27 and I was like, shit, this is not where I am. I never yeah. pay. Mm-hmm. I don't have one job. I'm freelancing at the moment. Like, you know, like, who am I? What? Yes. And that, that was part of my identity crisis as well. Like, mm. again, just realizing and acknowledging that I'm not... I don't fit into any of those boxes and that's okay. And I make up my own boxes and that's okay. Yes. Yeah. I think the other thing is, is in society, we tend to box the unknown and put it as other. Mm. So if it's not what I know, it's not what society says, then it's it's other. other. Exactly. 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 And that's a problem. That is a problem. Because I think now in the generation of, I am this comma, this comma, this comma, this, the generation of slashes, Mm. the generation of being a Jill of all trades Mm -hmm. or a Jack of all Mm -hmm. trades or a you of all Mm -hmm. trades. Um, we need to get more into conversations exactly. about not what do you do as your career, but perhaps even like, I don't know, what state are you in? What yeah. are you, what Who are you? Are you? How, are how you? is your heart? How, how is your heart? How is your heart? Because we're doing, we, those are the questions we need to talk about. Like, when was the last time? I don't know the last time I actually genuinely asked someone, how is your heart? I know, me neither, like, and, honestly. And I felt so bad the other day. I was in a conversation with uh, two people, two girls, and the girl actually asked me, she's like, how are you doing? Mm. And she asked me, and I, and I answered the question, but I didn't ask the question back. Mm. Mm. Only because I was in the mental state of going, I'm answering this because now I'm genuinely thinking, mm. how am I doing? Yeah. But not aware enough in that state because I was thinking about myself and I was like Shh, <laughs> um, she reciprocates how are you doing how are you doing how is your heart yes how how, how is like what, se- what season are you mm. in right now mm. what season are you in mm. you know yeah Megan final questions yes. is we've spoken at length about your hair journey about the transition journey about how you have come to be the person who you are today and authentically and essentially rather uh, being stretched and pulled and pushed in multiple directions 
to be what you have said is the best and authentic version of yourself sitting right in front of me here today. So, so honored to meet the authentic version of yourself. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Good so, to introduce her today. I think it's been one of the first times she's been introduced. So, oh, so beautiful. In my 20s, has beautiful moments. Um, so my question is, what advice do you have for people? People going through a transition season in their life right now, be it a hair journey, a career journey, a personal journey, um, or just life in general. Mm. What advice do you have for them? I think, um, firstly, stay strong in whatever you are going through um, and acknowledge that your journey is your journey. Don't compare yourself to other people. Um, and also be okay with where you are in your journey and acknowledge that this isn't the end. This is just a step into becoming, you know, the best version of myself. I think even now after our conversation today is that there is no box, like screw the boxes. Mm. Um, Become who you are, who you truly are, who you authentically are. Become okay with being that and let the world see that. Mm. Because I I feel like people even like um, sometimes become okay with who they are, but then they're putting this facade outside. So become okay with who you are and then let the world see that person. Screw the boxes. Oh my goodness. I really want to get a t-shirt that says screw the boxes and I'm going to sell them on in my 20s. So if you want to pre-order, um, I'll send you my bank details. <laughs> but I honestly loved that. Thank you so, so much, Megan, for coming on the show and sharing your incredible hair journey with us. I know that there are so many women who are listening and men possibly who can relate to that hair journey of self-discovery. And I think we're all going through things in our lives as 20 something year olds where we're discovering who we are through our hair, through our identity, um, through the clothes we wear, all of it is an expression, the books we read, the things we type, the songs we sing. And I know I've quoted her on the show before, but Marion Williamson says, as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. And that means that when you are your true authentic self, to the best of your knowledge and the best of your ability and where you are in your life journey, that the other person or the people who are watching you Honestly, they think and they say, if they can do it, if she can do it, if he can do it, so can I. Guys, please subscribe, pod subscribe. And I'd really love to get some feedback from you guys on the show. I think we're close enough now for me to receive the feedback and, you know, be like, oh, that was really sweet. Or sure, we can work on that. Um, but please like, put some comments in our, on our YouTube page, on our SoundCloud page. Um, listen to us on iTunes as well. Follow us on social media and spread the love to everyone. So we'll see you same time, same place, right here on In My Twenties. In my twenties, in my twenties, how old are you? I am in my twenties.